Welcome in to the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app using the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, all right, all right. Today we are joined by Johnny Venerable of the PHNX Cardinals Beat. PHNX, obviously our sister affiliate out in Arizona, brother, whatever you want to call it. They are a part of the All City Network. And they do a great job of covering the Cardinals as well as everything else Arizona sports fans would want to check out. It was great to hear from Johnny. I was actually on their broadcast on draft night, and it was fun to just kind of see how Trey McBride has completely won over, you know, the Cardinals media and fans as a whole. I mean, it's no surprise, obviously. CSU fans know exactly how talented Trey is. But it was a situation where Cardinals fans were not really expecting them to use that pick on a tight end. So I wouldn't say that it was necessarily a negative reaction on draft night. I think once most people looked into McBride's background, they were excited about his potential. It was just a matter of being surprised. And I talked about that with Johnny. We talked about you know how he's really won over the staff, what he's shown, just really impressed as a natural pass catcher. We talked about expectations for this season and beyond all kinds of fun stuff. And then at the end there, uh, we also went into Manny Jones and how he has a really nice opportunity to play his way onto the field for Arizona, either this season or, or moving forward. Manny currently on Arizona's practice squad, but had a tremendous preseason. Johnny actually got into some of the details with us, but you know, one of the things that he said was that he, he felt Manny should have made the team. So it was a really fun conversation. I think Ram fans are going to enjoy it quite a bit. We're going to have Johnny on the podcast again in the future to give us an update about Trey and Manny. Really appreciate him carving out some time for us, though, especially you know as they prepare for week one. Busy time for NFL media. Real quick, before we get into that interview, football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, we've got Johnny Venerable didn't combine his name into one this time. Johnny covers the Arizona Cardinals for PHNX. Thank you for joining me, man. How's it going? You excited for the season? I am, Justin. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I mean, as optimistic as, as one can be, uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that we see this, this Cardinal team take the next step. But if not, I want to see the development of these rookies, in, including uh, your very own Trey McBride. So a lot to look forward to, a lot to be excited about if you're a Cardinal fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of enjoy the process. I, I think in sports, oftentimes, especially when you see some of these teams that, you know, pull the dramatic turnaround, it makes you shift your expectation that that's how it always goes. But generally speaking, I feel like it takes a little bit of time. 
I think the Cardinals are fun. I'm excited to see how they play out this year. Um, excited to pick your brain about Trey McBride, but uh, just real quick, I, I was kind of going through your background. I, I saw you went to Illinois State, you know, grew up in, in Illinois. That's the heart of the Big Ten country. Uh, are you a college football fan? Did you grow up a big college football fan? Uh, you know, casually uh, love college football for the, the draft process, first and foremost. Uh, I'm a, a, a Arizona Cardinal fan, grew up, uh, my father was a St. Louis football Cardinal fan before they relocated to Arizona. Um, and so we had always just followed the team. It was, you know, very common in my house to have Sunday tickets so I could watch the Cardinals before I moved to Arizona. Um, but as far as college football, you know, my alma mater, Illinois State, is what uh, equivalent now to, to one double a football, very competitive, make the playoffs in that conference. But, you know, I didn't go to a, a traditional big 10 school for football. So it's harder for me. Probably if I did, if I had gone to university, of Illinois, or you know, my sister went to Iowa. So I casually like to see the big 10 do well, but since I've moved out West, I've become a little bit of a, a West coast snob, if you will, West coast elite. Uh, I love seeing Arizona state do well. You know, U of a had a, Really nice uh, opening victory against San Diego State last weekend. So, but I I have always been a fixture with the NFL draft, partially because the Cardinals have been so bad historically. So I just have gotten in a pattern of you know looking at the top players, studying prospects, knowing that the Cardinals might have a shot at them as a, a team routinely picking in the top you know ten to twelve. Thankfully, that hasn't been the case much since Michael Bidwell took over the team. But uh, I, I watch college football nonetheless. Fair enough. I was just kind of curious. Um, I don't know if you know this, but your alma mater in 2018, Illinois State actually came into Fort Collins and beat CSU in uh, what was one of their worst seasons. So uh, I'm not a big Illinois State guy, to be honest, but I was well, impressed with them that day. I think that year too, or maybe the year before, they had made it to uh, the national championship on that level uh, and had lost in uh, to North Dakota State who always wins. And I think that was the Carson Wentz led North Dakota state. So while uh, North Dakota state had plenty of pro prospects, Illinois state did not outside of maybe James Robinson. Um, so I do remember it. Well, they're well coached Brock Spack, who's their head coach was defensive coordinator, long time at Purdue in the nineties during their heyday and, and coach Drew Brees and a bunch of those guys. So um, yeah, they've, I think they've kind of reached their max like potential, but they have no business being outside of one double a. Yeah, the Rams have a tendency of scheduling FCS opponents right at the the point where they peak as a program. They scheduled North Dakota <laughs> State in like 2012. They played South Dakota State last year before they went on a run. They've got a uh, Sacramento State this year who looks pretty good. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, real quick, before we get into Trey McBride, you said you're a West Coast guy now. What are your thoughts on, you know, USC, UCLA leaving the Pac-12, going to the Big Ten? Does it, I mean, does it bug you at all? It, it seems really weird to me as a guy that's really into college sports. Yeah, it makes me sad. Uh, I don't think UCLA should play a, a team like Rutgers. I mean, they're in the same conference that tells you everything you need to know. And it feels like we're like in the final years of, of how in power five conferences and everything just kind of gets merged with the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, I, you know, I think Arizona State, you know, U of A are probably bound for the for the pat or for the big 10 or big 12, uh, I should say. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's not what it once was. It probably never will be. It's sad. My son's seven. He'll never get to know like the, the peaks and valleys of, you know, robust conferences and college football, the rivalries will still be there. You can schedule whomever you want, 
but it's all about money. And, at, you know, at some point, does the NCAA become obsolete with their sanctions and, and that kind of thing? And, and do the schools kind of run themselves with the NIL deals? And I don't know. It I, I hate to say that I think we've seen the best of college football in terms of the conference play, but we could be headed into a little bit of a lull um, just because, again, like tradition, I think, means much more than at the NFL level. I, I, f- I feel like with traditional rivalries and you come to expect specific matchups and specific times of the year, um, you know, and then you've got Texas and Oklahoma headed to the SEC, which will be an incredibly rude awakening for the Longhorns. I just, it, it makes me disappointed. Um, but uh, hopefully they get it figured out where maybe the big 10 kicks out like a Maryland and a Rutgers and they go, you know, to the ACC where they probably belong and they, they even it out a little bit. I don't want to see conferences just so top heavy with teams when other conferences can't, can't field, you know, 10 to 12 teams. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't like it. I'm right there with you. I, I, a lot of points you made, I agree with. I wrote a column when all this kind of happened, just essentially saying college football is losing sight of what made it so valuable in the first place. And that's a lot of what you talked about tradition, you know, local rivalries. It's, it's what drives the sport because the vast majority of teams don't realistically have an opportunity to win a championship. It's not professional, you know, you don't have salary caps. The disparity is so great. So it's like, you know, the, the Arizona, Arizona state game, like that matters a ton, you know, CSU Wyoming is one of the longest rivalries west of the Mississippi river. And I don't know to see like UCLA playing Purdue in November, it's it's just going to be dumb. UCLA is closer to Iceland or uh, Rutgers (laughs) is closer to Iceland than it is to UCLA. So it's, it just seems crazy to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, again, I, you know, money talks, shit walks and, and that's the disappointing factor. Uh, and I want to see every university get paid and upgrade facilities and disperse it to other programs. And, and that's the selling point. If I'm going to wrap my my arms around it is like what it can do for, you know, lacrosse and women's sports in particular. Hopefully that's that's where the money goes. Yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see an evolving landscape, um, to say the least. But I want to get into Trey McBride. Obviously, that that's the reason I brought you here. You guys brought me on on draft night for my reaction yeah. and just kind of based on my perception of how everybody in Phoenix took it. It wasn't a negative reception to drafting Trey McBride, but I think it was somewhat confused just given that they had Zach Ertz. I don't know if people were like stoked that they took a tight end. I, I could be wrong. I'll give you the opportunity to correct me. But ha- have, are people more stoked about that selection now than they maybe were on draft night? I think so. Uh, you know, make no mistake, and you hit on it. It was a shocking pick, absolutely shocking, because uh, they had not been linked to him all off season. I remember uh, we were at the Senior Bowl and at the Combine, and just watching him run. I'm like, man, that guy's a specimen. Any other year, I'd be all over a tight end for the Cardinals, and they have been historically dismal at drafting and developing the position, and really adding the position in general. They've added a bunch of veterans. You know, they've drafted a bunch of guys. Troy Nicholas comes to mind. Rob Hausler. None of them have worked out. Really, Dan Arnold, who I think now is in Jacksonville, that was the closest thing to to popping at the tight end position. He was undrafted. College basketball player converted into an NFL tight end. So it, it gotten kind of this stigma in Arizona, like, don't touch tight ends. We're not meant to have them. They never <laughs> work out, right? And we're in a division with George Kittle, who tears this apart twice a year, and you see these kind of unicorn-esque players across the NFL, 
And it's just like Cardinals have a bunch of other needs. They've got plenty of wideouts. Like Max Williams was the team starting tight end last year, and he's predominantly a blocking tight end. So like kind of give you uh, the landscape of how this all went down. Williams is having a, a career year, and Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals head coach, wants to, to use the tight end. I think there's a mantra that they just want to use 10 personnel, four and five wide receivers. That's not true. If he has a quality tight end, he uses them. So Williams goes down, and the Cardinals need a tight end. And, you know, I speculated all offseason because Zach Ertz, his wife, plays basketball here professionally. It had been a fit because of the fact that the Eagles didn't want to pay his salary last year of his contract. And then you think about, um, you know, they have the heir apparent in, in Philadelphia. And so it made sense. They had had talks in the spring of last year. It didn't culminate. And so Howie Roseman, they pick up the phone, they call Cliff Kingsbury, or excuse me, Steve Kime, and they get a deal done for Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz is the most targeted tight end in the NFL since the trade happened midseason last year. They get him for, you know, ham sandwich, Tay Gowan, and a conditional six-round pick. And it was a seamless transition and they re-signed him at the beginning of free agency and they made him a, you know, a top five paid tight end and <clears throat> he's ingratiating himself in the locker room. He's really close with JJ Watt. He, he says Kyler Murray is the most talented quarterback he's ever played with. So we're all thinking, okay, check that box. Max Williams coming back on a one-year deal. It's a robust tight end room. But I remember being at the combine and watching Trey McBride catch and run. And it, it looks like, I don't even know, a combination of, I mean, he's got some Rob Gronkowski to him that he was Colorado State's offense. I mean, you guys saw it firsthand last year, and I would put on the highlights just casually. And what he did from a physical standpoint, like the Cardinals have never had that before the position. They've had somebody who's very capable receiver and vice versa, somebody who can block, but not the entire package in and of itself. Um, you know, uh, the Washington tight end comes to mind. Um, from from many many years ago, formerly when they were the Redskins, and his name escapes me now. But that's another Cooley? pro comp. Yeah, uh, Chris Cooley is another tight. I actually like that comp. Yeah, um, that it, very comparable. When I would when I would watch tape of of Trey McBride after they drafted them, but never did I think they were going to take him. And so we reached that point in the draft. First day of the draft, they trade for Hollywood Brown. So they don't even have a first round pick at this point. All off season, we speculated, you know, edge rusher, guard, receiver. Okay, well, they didn't get that in the first round, but they traded for Hollywood Brown. They wanted to take a center slash guard in the second round that ended up going to Philadelphia. And again, I didn't do my, my homework here. His name escapes me, but they they were looking for the heir apparent to Rodney Hudson, who held out on them this offseason, almost retired. He's back now. They were looking for, for an interior offensive lineman. And he got taken probably three to four picks ahead of them. And, you know, I had known that they had some connection, but there were still other options on the table. There were edge rushers. Coincidentally, a couple of the edge rushers they got in the third were available. And then there was Trey McBride sitting there for him. And when that name came across the screen, my initial thought was, this is shocking. How are they going to spin this? We, we, we have never been gifted a tight end like this before. It never works out. And the more I thought about it, the more I liked it because of the fact that you're banking on this kid not to be an elite player year one. Zach Ertz's contract is essentially guaranteed for two years, this year and next year. Trey McBride can essentially do the same thing with that that Dallas Goddard did to Zach Ertz, and uh, you know, in, in Philadelphia. And I say that in the in the best possible light for Zach Ertz. But Trey McBride comes in, 
and I think will force his way onto the field. And I really do believe this, Justin, I've said this to people in the know, I've watched him at, at training camp and in the preseason, and he hasn't even caught a ball in the preseason yet because they, he hasn't been playing with Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy. I think we're going to be sitting here in three years and Trey McBride is one of the top five players on the Cardinal roster. I think that you look at the nucleus of their, like their core offensively right now, it's Hopkins, it's Zacherts, it's James Conner. We fast forward a couple of years from now, ideally it's Hollywood Brown and it's Trey McBride. Trey McBride is, is so gifted as a pass catcher and what he can do down the middle of the football field. We watched him catch a ball over first-round pick Zayvon Collins in practice and just snatch it out of the air. And we're very much used to that position getting hurt, that position underwhelming, that position catching with their body. It's amazing to see a tight end of his stature and his size catch with his hands. Um, and I just I can't imagine what he's going to look like in two years with the NFL strength and conditioning program putting on weight. Um, I I don't know realistically what his his targets and his um, statistics are going to look like this year. Um, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of. You know, 400 plus yards, I think, is a good guess because Zach Ertz is, is going to command a lot of targets and they have so many receivers, especially when Hopkins comes back from his suspension. But he's he's active. He, he's not going to play a ton on special teams. Cliff Kingsbury already said that, which I think is a coup to him and how far he's come as a pass catcher. Uh, and last thing, because I know I've been rambling here, but they in the post, no, they, they split him out wide. They put him an X receiver. And I think that especially when the Cardinals, they're, they're a little a little bit banged up to begin the season at wideouts. Hopkins is out. Antoine Wesley is out. AJ Green is older. I think Trey McBride could play X receiver for this team, uh, especially in the red zone. Cardinals outside of Zach Ertz and Trey McBride do not have a lot of height at the skilled positions. Uh, Rondell Moore's undersized. Andy Isabella, Hollywood Brown, right? I, I think Trey McBride is is going to be playing some wideout, and it's it's going to be a it, it's a it's a testament to his receiving ability how talented he is. I definitely could see him, you know, being flexed out wide just with like you you mentioned, he's such a natural pass catcher there. I'm also glad you brought up just the fact that you kind of have to have a realistic mindset as a CSU supporter watching Trey McBride or as a Cardinals fan of, of what this rookie season was is going to be. Tight end historically, and this is something I've talked about a lot on on my pod, is just that it's kind of a position that usually takes time to develop very rarely yeah. do rookies come onto the scene and just blow you away. It's such a physical position of having to deal with the speed of, of, you know, NFL secondary. And then obviously the size and strength of, of the linebackers and just everybody that you're going to get matched up against at times I've seen very talented tight ends, you know, get written off very early and then year three, year four, they end up popping. I, I love that he doesn't necessarily have to come in and be the star right away, even though he was the team's top draft pick. I do think you'll see him on the field. I think I think they could do some two tight end stuff too, just with the fact that you guys have such a mobile quarterback and you know, all of a sudden you're opening up play, play action opportunities and RPO stuff. I mean, Trey lined up in the backfield occasionally last year. Like, I don't know. I think you guys just have a lot of flexibility with what you can do, but I'm glad that he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy right off the bat. Well, he he's not a liability on the field in any sense. There was a play uh, in their uh, preseason win over Tennessee or their loss, but they they played really well until the fourth quarter. Um, and he was with the with the starters, with the twos, right? Um, and I think it was Daryl Williams had a touchdown run, 
and uh, Trey McBride washed his edge defender uh, number 99 for Tennessee all the way down the field. Um, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, that gives you immense confidence that he can come and play immediately. And I think we will see him play a decent amount of snaps, maybe 20, 25 snaps against Kansas City this weekend. Um, I think there's also a good possibility, Justin, that they've been hiding him. Uh, again, he was not targeted while he was on the field uh, in the preseason very much. And I think that is a combination of he has not been working with the third and fourth string quarterbacks. He's been working with Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy. And then also, like they did this last year when they um, made some additions offensively, like they they hide players. They they hit AJ Green. They hit Rondell Moore. Uh, I would not put it past Cliff Kingsbury to just say, "Hey, we want to keep Trey McBride under wraps." And there's also a possibility, although I think he does play. Zach Ertz has been banged up with a hamstring this this preseason, and he hasn't practiced. We're going to find out today. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We're going to find out today if he's going to practice, and what that ends up meaning is. You know this. Older players, they get hurt a lot. And and I love yeah. Zach Kurtz. But if if he's going to have a banged up season, that means Trey McBride is past catcher number one for the Cardinals. And again, you've got somebody like Max Williams, who's a tremendous, tremendous mentor and leader from a blocking standpoint. The tight end room in Arizona has gone from the, the least talented position group to probably the most talented position group on the team, which is just completely hyperbole to say, um, when you think about this team historically at, the, at this position, I mean, Jackie Smith, the great Jackie Smith is the only tight end of note in this team's history, really. Like you have to go back to the seventies and the eighties, all nineties, all the early two thousands into now. I mean, you can't name one, you can't name a, a competent tight end that this team has had. And so they have tried before they have spent premium draft picks on players. They were connected to OJ Howard. They last year they wanted to trade up for for the kid that ended up going to the Atlanta Falcons, who I think is going to light the world on fire this year. They had interest in moving up for him, so it's not like GM Steve Kime has been you know allergic to taking chances at this position. Uh, I mentioned Troy Nicholas; he was a, a second round tight end in 2014. He did not work out. Rob Hausler was a 2011 or 2012 third round tight end. He has not worked out. So I think the biggest hesitation from Cardinal fans is has nothing to do with Trey McBride, the player. I think it has everything to do with, well, we have Zach Ertz. It's working. Why are you doubling down at the position? And then also we historically can't draft this position, but the Cardinals looked at the talent, the immense talent of Trey McBride. And they said, this is just too tempting. We do not want him to go potentially do a division rival and burn us for years and years to come. And Everything that I have heard and seen with my own eyes of practice tells me that he is going to be, at worst, a solid seven to ten year tight end in the NFL, and at best, he'll be an on and off Pro Bowler for this team. All right, we'll get right back to that interview with Johnny, but I want to talk about my friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. They have a birthday coming up, thirty-two years young, to celebrate. Breck Brew is throwing a weekend-long hoot nanny. Kick off the fall with live music, food, beer, of course, games, and more on October 8th and 9th at their Littleton location. They've got national acts like the Spin Doctors and local favorites like Railroad Earth, Rockin'. It's going to be epic. Stay tuned for everything DNVR for Hootenanny giveaways leading up to October 8th. And as always, check out the Breck Beer Locator for the closest location near you, offering all of Breck's fine selection. 
I also want to talk about the new GOAT in Colorado sports that is the greatest of all TV. Ivaca TV delivers amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans. Featuring Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, and the NFL Network, get the most regional content for the lowest price for sports in Colorado, all in crystal clear HD while using less bandwidth and enjoy over 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, and more. Turn your home into the ultimate game viewing zone, and you can even stream your teams from your phone, laptop, or tablet when you're on the go. You can also add on a discounted Sling TV bundle to get ESPN and more. Ivaca is only $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee. Right now, Colorado sports fans get $10 off per month for your first three months. To score this deal, go to ivaca.tv slash Colorado 10. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10. No contracts, no catches. Ivaca TV is made for champions of the remote. Yeah, I, I'm obviously biased. I mean, I... I covered Trey all the way from his recruitment up through his entire career. He was a team DNVR guy for a while. So like, I mean, I I got to work with him, certainly rooting for him. It's going to be interesting this year. I I think he has the potential. I just, uh, like I said, I I think it's a, it's a hard position to show at. So I want to keep expectations somewhat reasonable, at least early on in his career. Is that a common sentiment though? Like it's clear that Trey McBride has completely won you over do you feel like that's common amongst everybody that covers the Arizona beat? Is, is that, you know, the sense on in the Cardinals community, like we got this guy, he's going to be a stud. Yes, absolutely. I think that it's one of those instances where Cardinal fans feel like they're, they're playing with house money a little bit. Now in hindsight, let's say Trey McBride is, is playing well, but he's not setting the world on fire. And there are a couple picks after the Cardinals in that second round, Cardinal fans, like any fan base, tend to do this, right? Whomever's producing, we should have taken X player. Uh, I think Trey McBride will flash enough this year that the arrow will be pointing up. He will be on all of the draft magazines next year for fantasy football. He'll be he'll have that arrow pointing up, right? Um, and so if I'm an Arizona Cardinal fan, I have enough patience mostly because I have Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray wants to feed the tight end. They want a safety blanket. They want to feed somebody down the middle of the football field. And I think Trey McBride will, will play his best football at the end of the year, November, December, January. And you can really ingratiate yourself with this Cardinal fan base because this team has played so poorly at the end of the year. They want their young players ascending, obviously. And for too long, that has not happened. The, the young players, the rookies on this team, not named Kyler Murray, for the last half decade, do not contribute really as rookies. Rondell Moore last year flashed month one and he was MIA the rest of the year, right? Christian Kirk famously always faded at the end of the season. I think we're going to see not the passing of the baton, but the Cardinals want to be physical, but they also want to score points in bunches. That's the best combination of having McBride in the fold with his Ackerts is you can do that. You do not have to become one dimensional. Um, and I also think, Justin, they are carrying five receivers to begin the year. A couple of them have receiving question marks like, or uh, injury question marks. I think they're going to run the football early to keep Kyler Murray upright. They've got tough matchups against Kansas city, the the Raiders, the Rams in the first month of the season. I think they want to control the line of scrimmage. And I think play action RPO with Kyler Murray, Trey McBride, Zach Gertz is going to be a big part of what they do. So again, I, if you're a Colorado State fan, I mean, you can adopt the Cardinals this year. We will we will gladly have you as a team because I, they will not waste Trey McBride. Cliff Kingsbury, for, for all of his faults and for people that dog on him nationally, 
he makes the most out of offensive skill players. He gets people involved and he will get Trey McBride involved. It's clear that they had a lot of respect for him too. I remember after the draft, the Cardinals released that video from in the draft room and Kingsbury and Steve Kime were just raving about Trey and how they didn't think he would be there when they got him. And it's a cool situation. December 18th, the Cardinals come to Denver that point of the season, you know, maybe he he's comfortable oh, in the offense. It, it could be a big game. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I mean that, that game in and of itself playing that game in, in cold weather, mile high city and, where will the Cardinals be in contention? Will the Broncos have figured it out with Russell Wilson? I think they will have. I think he's going to be the biggest addition of any team this year. And I, I like Denver to win that that uh, super competitive AFC West. But Trey McBride, even if the Cardinals disappoint this year, they go 7-10. and 10, uh, Trey McBride will not disappoint. Injury permitting. Uh, he was banged up a little bit in camp, but he rushed back. He's been practicing without limitations for the last month. He played in the preseason, uh, and I think he's going to play this Sunday against Kansas City. Like, it would not surprise me if we're sitting here Sunday afternoon he catches a touchdown in the red zone. Like, they they are going to they're going to try to get him the football. And Kyler Murray, I would feel worse about this situation, Justin, if they didn't have Kyler Murray. Because they have drafted a lot of tight ends, and they haven't had the quarterback situation figured out. Kevin Cobb, right? Ryan yeah. Lindley, John Skelton, you know, in between Carson Palmer and Kurt Warner. And those guys are just wasted. I mean. Trey is a supremely gifted receiving tight end with, I believe, a top 10 quarterback. That's a good combination. I completely agree. I know Ram fans are stoked to see it. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but I did want to real quick ask you about Manny Jones, another CSU alum who is on the Cardinals practice squad. He's a guy who was an undrafted free agent, obviously, but I, I have high hopes for him personally, just because I think his versatility is very valuable. I think he can line up on the interior. I think he could also play defensive end if needed. But I think he's a guy that can be disruptive against the run. Uh, he got a sack in that third preseason game for Arizona. Um, I mean, I, I know that, that you guys have J.J. Watt and everything and that the front seven is supposed to be pretty good, but he's obviously had some injury concerns and injury history, I should say. Do you think Manny Jones is a guy that could potentially work his way onto the field at some point this year or maybe in the future? Absolutely. And he's at the position unit that is the most in flux outside of maybe cornerback for this team. You just mentioned Watt. Like, they are putting a lot of eggs in the Watt basket this year. And they've got Zach Allen, who's a, a fourth-year player in a contract year from, from UMass, who needs to show he can stay healthy. But it is the least talented position group, and I say that with all due respect, on the Cardinal roster. And that means that Young players like a Manny Jones will be given an opportunity. They there's so much injury concern. There's so much movement with what Vance Joseph does with his defensive line. I expect Manny Jones to be active this year. From from my sources that I've heard from, he was on the cusp of making the 53. He was probably one of the last three to five guys cut, uh, and he uh, I thought should have made it over a couple of the other younger guys. He had flashed enough. Because, as you mentioned, he's got that gift of not only being a stout run defender, but he can get up on the line of scrimmage and force his way into the quarterback's face. That interior pressure, which is the most valuable thing for a defense to have, even more than edge pressure. So, incredibly quick off the line. A little bit undersized at 6'4", just under yeah. 300 pounds. But, I, I mean, again, you think about a year or two in this program with the Cardinal Strength and Conditioning Unit, I think he's somebody that will probably, if he sticks around all this year, Cardinals love to draft and develop, especially their undrafted guys. They love to keep them in house. 
make him prove it. I think it's somebody that next year we could be talking about as a, a rotational guy for the Cardinals if things break the right way. Um, but uh, they, they've done this with Michael Dogby, who is a late-round undrafted guy from Temple, who has just gotten better and better under Vance Joseph. I could see Manny Jones being the next guy in line to do that. Uh, but, I, I mean, I would be lying to you if I didn't say I watched him in the preseason. He flashed enough. I thought he, he definitely had a case to make the team. And uh, he's, in a, he's in a very good uh, position to be in because of the Cardinals have so many question marks along their defensive line. I thought he'd make the team. I really did. I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a CSU guy, but I don't know. I've seen this before. You know, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be Shaq Barrett, but Shaq Barrett coming out of Colorado State, you know, there were some concerns about his body type and like, you know, he's not really a traditional, you know, outside linebacker, you know, got in better shape, admittedly, put some muscle mass on and obviously has, you know, worked his way into one of the best outside pass rushers in, in the entire game. I do think there's a scenario in which three years from now, Trey McBride is Arizona starting tight end and Manny Jones is, you know, starting or at least playing in the rotation defensively. I, th- I think so. And listen, I give me a guy who's got explosive play and is a little bit undersized. I mean, it, it, that screams Aaron Donald, right? Who's undersized coming out of Pittsburgh. I, I would rather have somebody have the athletic ability and be able to put on some weight than somebody that's overweight they can't move laterally. They can't move upfield. That's not Manny Jones. Uh, and I, I know they're high on him. They kept him around. He beat out a couple of different veterans. They cut Kiki Alonzo earlier this offseason. Um, and, and again, that was one of their bigger free agent signings in the spring. Manny Jones, a lot like some of these Cardinal rookie outside linebackers that they have. Like There's a new change into the guard defensively for the for the Cardinals, and and this is somebody that number one, I thought Manny Jones should have been drafted. I was surprised that he wasn't drafted. I'm sure you guys were as well, just given his robust statistics at at Colorado State. I think he had like over double digit sacks and a bunch of tackles for losses, and so I was excited when he was reunited with Trey McBride. And I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon unless somebody snipes him off the Cardinals practice squad. But he he's going to be a fixture, I think, in in future years. Real quick before we go, does Larry Fitzgerald ever play another NFL game? He does not because I just read this morning he's joined Monday Night Football's, I think, broadcasting crew preseason or Interesting. Uh, pre and post game. Uh, and I love Larry. I don't know if that's the best fit for him. I know he wants to do uh, like partial ownership. He's a partial owner of the Suns. He, he's an entrepreneur. He loves to travel. Um, but now with all due respect to Larry, his, his body gave out, he had played the game at the highest level that you can for a long time. First bout hall of famer. Uh, but yeah, Larry, Larry went out gracefully, never had that, that retirement press conference, Tim Duncan style, and just kind of let Kyler Murray take over as the face of this franchise. So the Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, they need to erect the statue, get his name and his number retired and, and move on. I was a big Fitzy guy growing up. I don't know. I just, when you mentioned Kurt Warner and I started thinking back to what was that 2008 or whatever with Fitzy and Bolden and the run to the Super Bowl and just, I don't know, fun run in my childhood. But Johnny, thank you so much for doing this. I'm really excited to following your guys' coverage all year. Uh, If you're a Ram fan, go follow PHNX Cardinals, follow Johnny, follow the entire staff. They do an epic job of covering the Cardinals. And, you know, we've got a lot of reason to follow him now with a couple of Rams out there. Uh, we'll pr- I'd love to have you on the pod again, you know, throughout the season. Let's do it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's do a Trey McBride temperature check about week six, seven. Love it. 
Skinny looking kid with the cuff khakis Wearing graphic tees Feeling way too trendy Raps that kill Oh, I'm deadly Primed and ready Like machetes At a deli In New Delhi Feeling scummy Like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh, I'm gnarly Like not from